0: What's up everyone and welcome to episode 60 of the Justin Insight podcast and this will be a two-parter as we are at Wrestlemania Weekend. Um, But first, a quick introduction. My name is Tim Birkbeck. I am a writer. I am a lover of films, music and wrestling. But most importantly of all, I am your body and vehicle through this podcast. Um, Not going to go on a long rambling intro for this week because as I said, Wrestlemania Weekend, a lot of stuff to to take in, a lot of editing to do. And I want to get part one up before WrestleMania this evening. Um, so, as has become tradition with WrestleMania, the day, the night before we have an NXT TakeOver. So, on this week's, on part one, sorry, of this week's episode, uh, we discuss uh, NXT TakeOver New Orleans. I'm joined by a returning Maz Gambadella to discuss NXT's big event um so yeah i'm gonna leave it at that i will let you enjoy our discussion on the event as always join in what your thoughts are follow us on twitter let us know what you think um but yeah catch you guys on the other side so we're at Wrestlemania weekend and as always in the last couple of years uh the prior to that we have the NXT TakeOver show so we have NXT TakeOver New Orleans uh happy to be joined by a returning uh Maz Gambadella on the Justin Insight podcast Maz thank you for for coming back out of your hiatus of of watching wrestling (laughs) to have a chat with me
1: yeah no I'm really happy to do so um I've I was just saying that I haven't really been watching WWE in, a, in quite some time. Uh, so i watching NXT last night or this morning. Actually, uh, I felt like I just slid in quite easily back yeah. into things. So um, yeah, no, it's,
0: it was really good. I, well, I think that's it's going to be kind of one of the reasons I asked you to do it because I I know obviously you hadn't been sort of watching it like properly for a while, and I've. To be honest, the last couple of months, I've kind of slid in and out, so I think it's going to be interesting to see our perspectives on this, to be honest.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely.
0: Well, obviously, we kickstart things with a hell of a introduction. Uh, the six-way ladder match to crown the first ever NXT North America champion. Um, f- before we get in the match, what what do you think of the belt? Uh, the
1: belt looks great. Um it's not like they've haven't got enough titles right now but like uh, I think for NXT I think those main three or four I guess if you take in consideration the UK title but um, yeah I mean it looks it looks really good I think I think NXT's needed
0: a kind of middle title for a long time yeah because obviously the rosters getting bigger and bigger and bigger and they're bringing all these new
1: people in so I think it was like perfect timing to do crowning of a new North American champion.
0: Yeah. And I think you have hit the nail on the head that there's been sort of screaming out for that kind of mid-card belt for for a long time, especially as you've got people that are, kind of, well, within sort of wrestling worlds, are pretty big names. So obviously people like Cassius Ohno, mm. you've got Adam Cole there, who's been there for nearly a year now. You've got Ricochet coming up, EC3. Drew McIntyre coming back, so they're all going to be people that aren't necessarily going straight in that, that main event slot, so it's yeah. nice that they've kind of got something to chase for now.
1: Yeah, definitely, and I think the, the the people that they've chosen to put in that match are definitely people that they see having kind of a bright future for um, for
0: NXT, yeah. so
1: I think it was like a perfect amalgamation of... Uh, characters for that match
0: well if if we talk about the the characters in that match you'll see uh, Lars Sullivan Killian Dane Adam Cole uh, EC3 Velveteen Dream and the well EC3 obviously debuted but the the debuting Ricochet as well Um, the the thing that slightly annoyed me was the this is awesome chant before it even started but our esteemed esteemed Facebook leader uh, Ed Alexander pointed out like When are you ever gonna like? When would you ever have thought of those six competitors in a WWE ring? So it's it's quite mind blowing that in 2018, like that's the standard we have on WWE's supposed second brand, really. Yeah,
1: it was weird actually. Like thinking about that um, match and the characters in it, it it kind of like blew me away. Like when Ricochet um, came out. Uh, I kind of was like, even though I'm, I shouldn't be surprised by it, but the me just like in my head going, "Wow, Ricochet is
0: wrestling in WWE. This is really crazy." Yeah. Well, the the match itself was, I think, to be predicted absolutely ridiculous. The some of the spots were just nuts. Obviously, Ricochet doing his standard random flips off of anything. Uh, Killian Dane doing a massive topay th- to to Lars. Um, I can li- I've got literally I've got so many sort of notes of it, but I don't want to kind of go through every single thing because I was will be here for hours. But yeah, yeah. but uh, pa- particular sort of standouts for me: um, Velveteen doing the purple rainmaker off of every turnbuckle and then deciding to do it off the ladder. That was. Absolutely brilliant, and and in my opinion, he was my my MVP to to some extent, just because I think he took the most ridiculous bumps out of this match. So, and Ricochet, as I said, doing putting on a good showing on his first first show. So, what were your kind of standouts from this match? Um,
1: it's funny that you said uh, Dream was a standout for you because I I at points forgot he was in the match. Um, yeah problem i have with because i i I did really enjoy the match and i thought it was a really good opener the only problem i have with that is i feel like because there's so many spots going on constantly there's not really a time for specific uh characters in the match to kind of stand out yeah i I get that yeah because like ricochet did a lot of really cool spots and um i liked ec3 at the start of the match kind of playing the um cowardly like heel, like getting others to wrestle each other
0: which <laughs> yeah was quite funny.
1: um um but yeah the story was quite interesting they were telling it was almost like no one can get the um the advantage with all the six guys in the match so <clears throat> unfortunately for me like it made whoever won it kind of come out of nowhere which was which is a bit of a shame but i think adam cole winning it will was a great um There were some pretty crazy spots, like um, the spot where they, uh, I think Lars and Killian both put guys through yeah. uh, ladders on the outside, uh, which kind of got everyone out of the match. Uh, the power bomb spot was pretty cool uh, on Lars. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there were some dives, obviously. <laughs> so yeah, it was. I... <laughs> so yeah, it was a really good opener, like really, re- really exciting. I had no idea that. Um, um, Mauro, uh pointed out on commentary that uh, Velveteen dreams 22 years old
0: yeah it's crazy isn't it that he's it's that just... he's that young and he's got yeah s- like I-, I get what you mean like forgetting that he was in the match at some points because I think his his role for me was to be the kind of the full guy like taking the the ridiculous yeah. bumps because obviously he did the as I say, the massive sort of uh, purple rainmaker off the top of the ladder. Uh, There was a bit where uh, I think it was Killian Dane just launched him into a ladder at one point and then obviously that horrible looking rolling Death Valley driver to ricochet on the ladder, which...
1: Oh, yeah, that was
0: horrible. Yeah, which, like, fair play to both those guys for taking that. And I think Dream knows that he's... For 22, he's in a very sort of privileged position to be that sort of already well regarded within the company so i think he he like he knew that was his role for the match to kind of because as horrible as this sounds his body's not as beaten up yet so he he had to kind of take the the majority of the big bumps but um yeah overall like as he's i think I, i i agree with you there was no kind of predominant standout because everybody sort of had a little bit where they had to show and there was no as you say it was always like that story of nobody can kind of top the other kind of thing um but the the interesting thing that i thought was and this is something i wanted to ask you about was they obviously kept teasing that that lars was going to be the one that climbed the ladder and every time that happens the the crowd in the Smoothie Arena, whatever it was called, um, started booing. So, I've, I've, I've obviously, as a person that hasn't been watching sort of NXT week in week out, I, I kind of wanted your opinion on on what you thought of Lars. Uh,
1: well, he. So I. So the last time I saw him was he he had that match of Ono, oh right? I yeah. think that was the last thing I saw him do. Uh, they've clearly got. Uh, a lot of plans for him like going forward because they they seem to give him a lot of shining a lot obviously like the one with ono like he kind of uh took most of that match um i just think people uh when they were watching this match i think they wanted either ricochet or ec3 to win this match so um so whenever he got like kind of to the top um you know, no one re- they just wanted Ricochet or EC3 to win. I th- I feel like, anyway. Yeah. They so didn't get much reaction. However, the thing with ladder matches that annoys me still to this day, it's almost kayfabe breaking where they're like struggling and they're like reaching, even though they've only gone up one rung of the ladder. <laughs> like, oh, so close. It's like, God, dude, come on, just run up and
0: grab it. Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: we laugh still to this day.
0: There was a, so, yeah. the one thing I don't know if it was I I just like misheard this or not but in the the actual what cuz of we've got other matches to cover so I'm going to I am speeding through this a little bit but the the actual ending of the match um mm. when rick cuz I think there was a little bit of the ladder was kind of out of place and I think they were maybe running for time sort of thing um, and the way the camera was positioned and Ricochet was lining the ladder up, you could hear the ref ringside going, now, 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 sort of thing. Yeah. And yeah, that. that kind of put me off because I was like, right, I know this is the end now kind of thing. But yeah. I, and I think hearing him say, now, 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 I knew, maybe not necessarily Adam Cole, but I knew it wasn't going to be Ricochet that won.
1: No, I didn't think... He got so many spots in this match that I kind of just knew, right, the reason why he's getting all this out now is this is the only time he gets to shine because like, he's not going to win it. I didn't think he was going to win it anyway because obviously I haven't been watching but I feel like they haven't really exposed him enough on the brand.
0: No, I agree. Like,
1: it's not enough of a story going into it kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why I think it was I going into this I really didn't know who was going to win and I thought it was going to be either Adam Cole or Lars Sullivan just because mm. like obviously they kept making the fact of Dreams 22 he's like for all of the incredible stuff he has done he's nowhere near ready to be holding a belt sort of thing and obviously EC3 Ricochet it was their NXT debuts I think it would have been a bit of an insult if an Irishman was the first ever winner of the North American <laughs> Championship, so it was always yeah. going to be kind of between them two. But I'm glad they finally put some some form of gold on on Adam Cole because since he's come in, he's I've been a fan of his anyway, but he's been absolutely fantastic yeah. in NXT. Um, uh, I will
1: say uh, on another note, that's a bit a bit like. Um, uh, the they were telling it. They were telling another story. So I'm quite interested to hear your opinion on it. That like have Dane and Lars fought each other yet? Because I feel like they were teasing they,
0: that for quite a while. They had a match on the NXT before this, but right. it ended in a no contest because basically all the other f- four competitors of them of this match came down to the ring and had like a stand standoff um so it has it's been something that's kind of has happened but not completely and they've teased it for a while that the two big guys are kind of always trying to one-up each other sort of thing
1: Mm. um yeah because i was i was wondering that 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 makes a lot of sense i do also uh, i do also like uh before they come out that clearly, someone in Gorilla's like, yeah, make
0: sure you look at the ladder or touch the ladder before you <laughs> yeah. get there. It's like everyone
1: does it. It's like we get it. It's a ladder match, like oh, you know, th- I mean, it's tiny little things like that just niggle me some for some reason. But um, regardless, uh, this was a great opener, and um, Adam Cole was definitely um, a really valid choice for <clears throat> a person to win this new title. Yeah.
0: And as you say, I think it was a incredible way to, to open the show. And I, I said it at the time; like I felt sorry. I felt sorry for the women who had to obviously follow this match. But having said that, Ember Moon Shayna Baszler was absolutely fantastic in my opinion. Um, I can't remember. Did you did you see the last time these two fought? Yes,
1: I did. Um, right. So that was the last one, right? yes
0: yeah yeah so at the time i didn't like that match the first one it just i understood what they were going for but out of everything else on that card that was the one that kind of fell flat for me this time round, though i think they booked it perfectly and i said at the time time in in our wrestling group on facebook that this has made me get Shayna Baszler because before obviously they've built her as this kind of bully sort of thing MMA background but this match kind of showed like she will stop at nothing kind of thing and I think she was the worthy well I'm, I'm skipping very ahead but the, the, the worthy winner because I think Ember kind of has been been a bit stale for a while so it's nice that they've kind of mixed things up but it, the match in general, I think the pacing, the storytelling, everything about this was, was sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stereotypical of NXT, like what they do really well. Um, yeah. and yeah, I just thought it was a, a really good match. Like the back and forth, the countering, the reading of each other's moves was, was brilliant. So yeah, how did do you think this was better than the first time around? Um,
1: Yes, I think it was. I think mostly because of the finish. Um, what? So I, you know, I this. I'll be honest. This was the one I was least looking forward to. I yeah. knew they'd have a good match, but um, but they they actually really sold me on the the, the package beforehand. I mean, they've really built Shayna into like a female Brock Lesnar, where she's very much much. the story they were telling was really interesting where she's basically saying I don't have to wait in line like all these other people I can literally just um, you know pull on her heartstrings or however just to provoke her to get a match with her Yeah, I don't have to do it the way that all these other people were doing it and I thought that was really interesting uh, going into it Um, one thing that kind of was weird um, was so there was a live band um, that opened up nxt which i'm really up for more live bands playing however i feel like this one was just a bit awkward and they had she looked like joan jet to me i don't think it was joan jet but like she was like uh on the entrance ramp with a guitar like playing ember's uh entrance music yeah and like ember's like awkwardly dancing around her I was like, "Oh God, just stop it! <laughs> yeah. just Get to the ring." It was. Uh, I just uh, put that in my notes because I just found it really awkward. Yeah. But I think they should. They should definitely do more live band elements, but I'm, I feel like they're still like tinkering around with the setup. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No, I get get what you mean, and and I think like the one thing I got from from that entrance was that it was kind of um, a mania esque entrance. So. Yeah. As, as soon as I kind of saw that, my, my mind instantly went, well, Emma's losing kind of thing, because yeah, yeah. she had that big entrance kind of thing. Um, and also, she came out first as well. Isn't she the champion? Oh, I, mean, I didn't I thought, even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just,
1: I, I found that really weird. I was like, so she's had the live music, and she's the champion. She's come out first, and then Shayna comes out. So I think nearly everyone kind of knew. It was kind of phoned in, I felt, like the result of this match
0: yeah and but as i mentioned like the match itself i i I enjoyed the this i think the main spot was obviously uh ember kind of getting her her own back with the stomping out on the arm kind of spot and i think that for me that was the kind of turning point in this match because shana actually showed that she's not just an ex MMA fighter, like she's in this business because she lo- loves this business because she was showing emotion and fear, like proper selling that kind of move. And then that, which one thing that really annoyed me that this didn't get more of a reaction live was her popping her shoulder back in using the ring post. That was such a genius little touch yeah. that that nobody in the crowds kind of seemed to pick up on. Which I thought was a little bit weird. Like, yeah, there was just because if I if that was me, like my my reaction at, uh, watching at home was oh kind of thing. Like it was yeah. like, a horrible kind of thing to watch. But, oh
1: yeah, and I think yeah, that, it's a shame because I feel like most of the people who were there had left to get food, or it was like a toilet break match. Yeah, because like the reaction for most of the spots here was really insignificant I felt anyway um, which is a shame because you know I thought the story they were telling was quite interesting I'll be honest I wasn't like that into the match like I, I was I wouldn't say I was on the edge of my seat or anything um, but I think the way that they ended it because I was curious about how they were gonna what the finish was gonna be yeah and I think the way that they did it kind of like the uh, finishes that story that they started in their previous match you know when she had her in like that choke and she put her in and she put her in a pin and like uh, won the match and now this time it felt like a bit of a shock win which yeah. I think was a good idea because I think it kind of woke everyone up and were like oh shit it's finished oh wow you know didn't think it would end that way kind of
0: thing. Yeah and I think that was a kind of the, the feeling a lot among a lot of people was that because of how it was kind of done that that she was just holding that hold on for so long and obviously the ref called it off kind of thing that it was a that kind of shock factor to it that it wasn't ember tapping out it wasn't like a a brutal beat down it was literally almost kind of like a, a samoa joe-esque kind of just choking them out kind of thing yeah. um and it, and going back to obviously the point from from last time it's almost like Shayna was determined to to kind of get her to to do that because obviously last time she rolled her up and and got the pin kind of thing. So as you say, it kind of brings that whole mm. whole tale full store uh, full circle. Sorry, but um yeah
1: um,
0: sorry go on yeah also I think
1: um I think this is Ember's last. I think she'll be called up after WrestleMania
0: now. Oh yeah, I think this is the 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 issue that I think myself and and a lot of other people have kind of had because obviously the the run that she had with with Asuka and mm. the the injuries have kind of hindered what potential sort of um not run because she still had a good run but kind of like the build that she could have had it's kind of yeah. stunted that. And I think because of the way that she was kind of almost handed the title in that four-way after Asuka vacated it, it it kind of felt a bit sort of bittersweet. And like no, nobody was sort of fully invested in Ember as the champion. So giving Shayna the belt is kind of almost hitting the reset button. Yeah,
1: I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think with... Uh, Ember's an interesting one because like, I really want to get behind her a lot of the time, but she's almost had, like, the Hideo Itami effect where they've been yeah. injured, then they don't have to come back, and then it's kind of, they're in this awkward position. So I've just never... Also, I don't really know what her character is either. Not not saying that I have to know, but I just, <laughs> like, why should I... Like, she's got red eyes, Cool. She's got a great finisher, probably the best <laughs> out of all the women, but yeah. it's like, yeah. Um, can I also just say, I don't know if you've got it in your notes, but after this match, uh, they had Paige come on
0: the TV. Oh, the awkward. <laughs> she looked like she was drunk. I, I, don't, I don't think she was,
1: but basically she was giving us an exclusive, I'm doing air quotes for people who can't see, <laughs> exclusive, uh, look into the new Page movie, which I was honestly quite excited about. Yeah. And. <laughs> I do not want to see this film. No, I that. don't
0: now. This like, looks awful. It could have been really good because, it, like, for for UK wrestling fans, they know about the Knight family, they know about their reputation. Yeah. And it could have been, like, a real. Not necessarily gritty, but, like. Like a documentary. Kind yeah, of. exactly. Yeah. And now it's just another rock playing a comedy character sort of thing it's just... but the, so, uh, yeah. the thing that I kind of got from it is, uh, which I've noticed since Paige has been back like it just looks like her, her well her whole body is just full of plastic surgery and it's horrible
1: yeah she got work done
0: no, yeah no. I, well oh, I, wow. I, well it looks like it anyway so yeah
1: it... I don't know it was just like she just comes on the screen, and she's... I thought she was drunk, honestly.
0: She's like, hey, guys, this is from my new movie.
1: And uh, it's just The Rock just, like, giving out to Paige, someone who's supposed to be Paige. So I, you don't really understand... Is it a comedy
0: film, or yeah. is it,
1: like... Oh, I, I don't,
0: don't know. know yeah,
1: yeah, anyway, I just had to put that in. I had to rant about that. <laughs> no, that's cool,
0: man. Um, well, we move on from, from the women to... Uh, adam cole's second match of the night the uh triple threat tag match between undisputed era uh authors of pain and the hodgepodge team of roderick St- strong and pete dunn um this was see for me this was maybe the the ending kind of saved this match but there wasn't a whole lot of excitement in this match for me um it was by all means, still a very good match, but I think out of the five on the card, this was probably my least favourite. Um, I like how they got rid of Adam Cole straight away because obviously he certainly needed a rest. Mm. Um, and I, th- I think the the standout of this match was, as to be expected, Carlo uh, Reilly. But oh, yeah. but apart from that, there wasn't. I don't. I haven't got that many notes because I think. AOP did their, their standard, we're the big guys, we're going to destroy you sort of thing. Roderick and Pete got a few cool things in, but there's they're still like, there was the cool like jumping knee ends of Guri double team that they do. But I, I, obviously I know you haven't seen the the kind of build up in, into this, but when they have been tag teaming, they do this and they hit it in this match, it's almost kind of like a pop, pop up, bitter end but every time they do it the timing's not quite right right and it it just looks like they're throwing someone in the air and Pete's falling down next to them It just yeah yeah. that's
1: what it looked like when I saw it yeah Um, because I was going to ask about their because obviously I haven't been watching I've I I know they've been tagging like so so they've been tagging during the whole tournament right yeah so
0: so, matches so basically uh it was meant to be I can't Um, It was meant to be Only Larkin and Danny Birch against Mustache Mountain but um, I think within kayfabe world Tyler Bate had an injury Um, so they had to drop out and then Regal was looking for a team and Roddy came up and was like let me find a partner give me this opportunity blah 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 and the week prior Roddy and Pete had had a match for the UK Championship so after that, he picked Pete as his partner, and they've tagged sort of since then throughout the the Dusty Road uh, Tag Team Cup sort of thing, um, and then obviously that led to what what happened in this. But yeah, I, I like I get what they were trying, but uh, it, yeah, it just didn't really work for for me. And as I say, that Carlo O'Reilly was the the massive standout in this. Match, and I think that's that's all I've kind of really got to say, and, apart from the ending, to be honest.
1: Yeah, uh, it's the thing with this match. I think it's a victim of circumstance because you've got AOP, which I can't believe they're still in NXT. Yeah, they've been there so long now. Uh, so you've got them, and I I didn't think they put the belts back on them. You've got one team where one of their main guys is um, injured, so they've had to bring in. Someone else who's just already had a match, and then you've also got this really odd, not odd, but kind of awkward like team of Strong and Done. So I was like, this is. I really don't know which way this. Because I, I was just thinking like they've got tag teams, they've got loads of tag teams. Yeah. But they've uh, they haven't cho- they haven't chosen to use any of them, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, Riley did stand out. Um, for me, especially in this match, uh, he did do one spot that was quite cool. He did like a double submission spot.
0: Oh, that was where, brilliant! Yeah,
1: yeah, that was really cool. Um, but yeah, it was a mile of minutes. So I was like, oh, this this match is not long at all. So they must be rushing it. Mm. And um, yeah, it was all about the finish, really. Yeah, uh, which I didn't see coming at all. But I think it was a good choice.
0: Yeah, I, and I totally agree. Like, I think. I think somebody might have even mentioned it in our in our group chat before the the actual finish. But somebody was like, "They need to turn Roddy Hill because I'm getting bored of him as a face kind of thing." Because yeah. after the initial push of him being in in the title picture, he has kind of languished in in sort of no man's land kind of thing. Like they they obviously want to do things with him, but they didn't really know what to do. Um, yeah. And I think. Actually, you kind of called this like even before Undisputed Era was a thing when they first signed Adam Cole, Carla, Riley, and and Bobby Fish. That you said they were going to have like a an ROH faction, and now your your premonition has come to fruition. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I can tell
1: the future, but it takes a while, though. But, um, <laughs> um, yeah, honest, like if I'm completely honest, uh, Roddick Strong. Kind of bores me to tears. Um, only because he's not—I don't think he's a very good face. Like I oh, just I find him really boring. Uh, however, when I've seen him as a heel in other promotions, like he is so, like he's hes just got it like perfectly. Like he's that kind of like jockey, just dick.
0: Yeah. Like
1: when he kept when he wants to be. So I think this was perfect for him because, you know, obviously I've been following it, but. I, I get the impression that he was getting a bit uh, um, sort of bland for a lot of the people that were watching NXT as well. So I think perfect. I think he would work really good with all those guys. Uh, so I'll be interested to see what uh, carries on after this.
0: Yeah, and I think like this is the thing. Like, there's no disputing that that he is a fantastic wrestler. But no. it's, as you say, just something about him as as a face like it just doesn't work like even when they were kind of doing the build like with your the, the the vignettes of his family and stuff and all that sort of stuff like i literally couldn't care like i know that sounds horrible yeah. but so, yeah but yeah like th- in yeah, this. No, pos- I just,
1: it's just because i've seen it loads
0: yeah and so i think in this position it'll be quite interesting because obviously they've built adam cole as the the kind of the leader of the undisputed era so Having him and Roddy in there now, I think will be quite interesting to see how that that plays out in in the future.
1: Yeah, because I don't know if you followed um, PWG um, before, but they were in a faction together in that promotion. Yeah, it was
0: um, Mount Rushmore, wasn't it?
1: Mount Rushmore, and they were playing, and it was a shame because it was just before Roddy got signed. They were playing up this storyline of like, who's the real leader? I guess kind of what Kenny omega and cody Rhodes are doing right yeah. now but they're doing the same thing pwg so it'd be interesting if they go down that kind of route
0: yeah well we'll move on from from the tag match and we get to the nxt championship between uh andrade Cien Almas and alistair black um which i am calling this match the the battle for my heart rather than the battle for the nxt titles um <laughs> I've I've said from day one I love Almas and I've said from day one that I love Alistair Black and I for some reason I was apprehensive going into this because I thought are they going to have a good match because when they met prior which they which Morrow made very good point of pulling this back that the first time they met each other was Alistair Black's first match in NXT um, it was an okay match but there wasn't anything like massively stand out about it but for me this was a brilliant match for to sort of uh showcase what both guys can do like it showed them both striking it showed them both doing high spots it showed them both showing emotion it showed them both being able to sell moves really well um and in in some aspects really good sort of storytelling with it within it as well because there was the, the frustration from Almas' side that he couldn't kind of get the job done at some points. Uh, and the obviously the X factor that is Zelina Vega. And again, I have to give credit to Mauro Ronello for literally keeping tabs of how many times she got involved in the match. And then yeah. when it came to bite, bite her in the ass that he said obviously that the line that she went to the well one one too many times sort of thing so it's kind of almost like she's been this incredible asset to Almas, but has essentially ended up costing her uh, sorry costing him the the title so i thought everything that the built around it played into to this match fantastically i think the pacing was brilliant because it was slow at the beginning and then mm. just all of a sudden burst into life like uh, no sorry it kind of it burst into life at the beginning with, with Black coming straight out of the gates, but then Almas pulled it back to his pace, and mm. and everything was built around it really well. So yeah, I I loved this match. I really enjoyed it, and it kind of exceeded my expectations. Mm,
1: I I completely agree. I think that, like, yeah, he is such a great heel when you think about it because clearly, he he knew going into it that he had to, take some tricks. Uh, out of his pockets so to speak and uh, use them to his advantage like you know changing the pace of it so it is more advantageous for him Selena Vega all that stuff Um, I thought the wrong person won in this match honestly Um, I want Almas to be champion forever (laughs) Uh, uh, I just think he's still I imagine they're doing it because they want to move him up to the main roster, but I think there's still, and obviously I have been watching it, but I feel like there's so much more in him as NXT champion. Yeah. Um, however, that's just me speaking from outside. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just think uh, I, I would have liked Almas to pick up the win, uh, you know, kind of breaking the streak, so to speak, because, you know, how long is that gonna go on for? Like, I'm, I kind of get frustrated with streaks sometimes because it's yeah. like, well, someone's eventually gonna have to beat him. You know.
0: Oh uh, yeah, and I think but, because uh, at, at the moment, obviously, <laughs> Asker's is kind of the, the, history-making streak and all of that. Mm. But then, okay, no, it's not on the main roster. But then you've got, you've got, Black that's undefeated in singles competition think Lars Sullivan's undefeated in singles competition as well so it's, it's kind of almost like how many streaks do you need to have kind of thing and yeah that's what I mean and I agree like there's part of me as much as I'm glad that Alistair won there's part of me that really didn't want him to and I think there's still more value in having Almas as the NXT champion than mm-hmm. Than moving him up because I think if he is moved up, he'll get lost, which I think's unfortunate. Because I, I can't remember who said this before, but I think it's in another podcast I listened to. Is they've kind of marked him out as almost like the second coming of Eddie Guerrero, uh, and I think if just because the momentum's with him at the moment in NXT, if you're all of a sudden going to pump him into somewhere. That's already oversaturated with with characters and talent he's gonna get lost in the shuffle unless you immediately put him in a title picture of either the i c title or the u s title
1: yeah, yeah, and like honestly, it's crazy to see the change that's happened in him like since he debuted like whenever it was, and especially like with Selena Vega like that is that team is absolutely fantastic she is such a good um like manager uh, just as far as like um her abilities like outside the ring helping and her facial expressions and like how into it she is yeah Uh, they're such a good team um so so i guess we'll see i i personally thought the match was really good um uh i thought um uh, I was going to call him Tommy. In um, as, <laughs> as the black uh, uh, looked really good in this match. Um, I just think he, he doesn't need a title. No, you know, I agree. I think he's so much of a character that he, yeah, he doesn't need it. But either way, it was it was a really great match. So
0: yeah, and I think the. The points that I kind of took away from it, obviously, like is in spot wise, is the the meteora knees to the ring post again is. Oh yeah, they were awesome. It's just such a a good sort of little little spot. Um, obviously, Alistair hitting the black mass and then Zelina putting Almas's leg on the rope was was a good touch because obviously. Oh yeah. Nobody's kicked out of the black mass yet. I don't think anyway. Um, no. There was also like a drop kick. Uh, I think he went for a black. Oh yeah, the kick. drop kick to the back of the head—that was brilliant.
1: Yeah, yeah really cool.
0: Um, and then obviously the end with Selena coming off the the top rope, Almas catching her, and then getting kicked in the face was was brilliant. Yeah. And yeah, I just everything story wise about this match was was spot on for me. Yeah, it will be
1: interesting to see uh, what they do with Vega and Almas after that. Like, will they? start with this cause like tension between them or yeah you know, i found that quite intriguing so um i will say after this match another bloody trailer for that stupid page movie <laughs>
0: but it was the trailer. same trailer yeah
1: same one we've just seen it
0: why do we need uh, anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah um But yeah, I'm interested to like. I think it'll be interesting to see if there's any sort of back and forth now between uh, Almas and and Vega because of the of that almost tension sort of thing, or if it will just be sort of shrugged off, let's move on kind of thing.
1: Yeah, who do you think like after Almas, like who do you think will be the next um, person going for the title?
0: Well, they uh, did. did You see the pre-show. No. Okay, well they had a, a returning Drew McIntyre on there. Oh, so okay. I think he's back soon, I don't know how soon. Um but yeah, apart from Drew, I don't really know because I I'd say I would have said Adam Cole, but obviously now he's in Yeah got a title of his own. So yeah, I don't maybe that they're obviously taking this sort of kind of like how Wrestlemania works for the main roster is that this is the the kind of bookend of of a year so mm. they will start completely afresh new storylines and everything come come next NXT tapings
1: yeah I'll be I think a a heel s- strong might be c-
0: yeah maybe
1: Three. obviously he's not you know so yeah it'll be interesting to see
0: yeah well, then we get on to, uh, well, our kind of main event that wasn't meant to be a main event, the unsanctioned match between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, um, mm. straight off the bat, the fact that Tommaso came out with no music, Loved and it. just to a sea of boos, yeah. and losing his shit at the crowd reaction was absolutely fantastic. Like. Yeah. I kind of wanted Johnny to come out with no music as well but I kind of understood why they they did it that he so he got the pop kind of thing yeah, and, yeah. and it obviously it's established that he's the face anyway but it is for the, for the casual viewer it is it establishes that that difference I,
1: I've, yeah I've never seen like it's really rare these days especially in WWE it, for a heel to be that hated oh yeah like they were chanting asshole at him. They were just booing him so much. They hated him. Yeah. And I think it's such a rare thing these days because obviously, like, I think because there's a lot of more smarter fans out there, they try and, like, get behind the bad guys a lot of the time. But this guy is, like, they do not like him.
0: Yeah. At and, all. and that is testament to Tommaso to because obviously everything he has done in the build-up to this from, from the moment the the breakup of DIY to up until now even just like the, the little things he's done on social media have been yeah. absolutely fantastic um, and I'm gonna I am skipping ahead a little bit but uh, for me personally like this is one of the the feuds that I think will go down in, in wrestling history that people will look back on in like years and years to come and be like that like one of those sort of like seminal sort of things that people always go back and talk about kind of like kind of like the Montreal screw job and things like that, that people always remember this, yeah. this for me is one of those kind of moments in wrestling.
1: Yeah. I think this is probably the most memorable thing that's happened in NXT
0: ever. I'd yeah. Say. Uh, it's the, probably the best booked
1: um, lead up to a match as well. Um, yeah. Cause there, it's like you, there's genuine emotions there and you can like as a fan you can empathize with it um yeah i think it will be remembered a lot sorry my dogs
0: <laughs> getting involved
1: yeah i know she hates champa as
0: well <laughs> and... one thing that i did want to ask because obviously we've we've had the privilege of kind of being able to follow this this story from from its inception to to now but the match in general, if you took it in isolation, mm. would you have enjoyed it? Um
1: I, I think so. I think honestly, if I'm if I'm completely honest, um like the match was it was alright, it was good. Um the the thing that made it like uh better than it was was, you know, the fact that you've been following the storyline for God, how long now? Like such a long time. Yeah, and you can see that in a lot of like the emotions in the match. I think if you took all that away, <coughs> it's like, well why, well, why would I care about these two fighting each other? Yeah, you know what I
0: mean. I think that's that's kind of why I, I wanted to ask the question because I think obviously we have the the privilege of kind of all that sort of background information, but if. You were coming to this as 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 a casual fan. I've, I'm, I'd be interested to sort of see how they kind of perceived the the match because yeah. I think it if you take it in isolation, it's average at best kind of thing. But because you've got all of that emotion and everything and all the little callbacks, that is what made it such a standout and and made it so like everyone was so invested in it
1: i mean it's 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 you can't really compare it to let's say uh, gargano and almas like yeah. it's not that kind of match like i think a lot of people going into this were expecting them to have a match like their uh cruiserweight classic match which was an amazing match uh and they told an interesting story hit there but this was it this was different this was like <clears throat> like a finale to something um yeah it was because like the crutch was something they kept going back to which i thought was quite interesting um they i think Tommaso like grabbed it off a random fan who was there
0: that placing was absolutely genius like yeah i loved that spot
1: Mm. well they they it was weird like it looked like he was looking for something under the ring, and he told the... he asked the ref where he... where was it, kind of thing, and then he found that fan and took the crutch, so I'm wondering if he had put a crutch under the... I don't know, it was very
0: interesting. Maybe, yeah, I, I get what you... because I remember that bit where he was he looked under the ring and he did sort of turn to the ref. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he maybe forgot about that, I don't know.
1: Mm. Um... Yeah, there was a lot of, uh, yeah. Again, it was weird because I thought it was gonna be. I had a lot of things leading up to this, like that. I thought it was gonna be like uh, when the when you say unsanctioned match, I just for some reason instantly think no DQ kind of yeah, you know chairs kind of, tables all that stuff.
0: That's kind of what I thought as well. That it would be sort of almost kind of along the kind of hardcore sort of yeah. elements. Of things, but I'm 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 kind of glad they obviously there were elements of that, but I'm glad it wasn't just that and there there was more sort of psychology to it and, and the spots that they did do kind of almost had like a uniqueness to them I felt like the the bit on the the announce table like rather than going through it he suplexed him off it and yeah. and kind of using the that weird wooden protector thing that they always have like actually using that rather than like throwing it away I thought was was quite quite an interesting thing um yeah I I don't know if you noticed this but there was one bit where Johnny literally just gave Tommaso a massive wedgie as well which I thought was quite funny oh yeah I
1: remember seeing that uh that it things like that really distract me in matches as well so like I can't not look at that now (laughs) until he deals with that um Tamasu, like again, because I haven't been watching in so long. Like Tamasu Champa is so jacked. Oh like, yeah, he looks insanely muscly. But
0: like, because that was the thing. Like when they were doing the the hype video, I it, it was nuts to see how big he's got. Yeah. Like from from the time he's left to now, is crazy. So
1: crazy. Um, there was uh, one spot where. Uh, Johnny I think power bombed him on the concrete Oh yeah that looked horrible
0: Yeah there was always like a, like a splat noise so was uh. Oh god yeah, yeah just um yeah no the,
1: the yeah the, the match I think my favorite part actually was the ending
0: like Oh yeah
1: it was so good cuz like you could tell like it was like the finish of this feud because like Tommaso had been like you know destroying him and pummeling him and beating him constantly and finally like it's johnny's in the advantageous position and he's like going to attack him with this weapon that he's been attacking him with constantly and you kind of like look at Tommaso and he looks like just disheveled and just like broken and beaten he had a black eye as well yeah. i think um and it just added to it so much, and I was like, "No, don't hit him, Johnny! Like,
0: <laughs> we can both be
1: friends again." And they sat down together. I thought that was perfect. I yeah. loved that bit so much. Um, obviously, it was a bit of a ruse. Like, Tommaso tried to um, beat him with uh, something.
0: It was the knee and, brace on uh, there? Oh, the knee! Br- that was it. The knee
1: brace. That was another element to the story that I thought was quite interesting.
0: Yeah, and like that was the thing. Like, because obviously, from that, it was after the. Like uh, backcracker, power bomb off the second row wasn't it? That's when he yeah. sort of took it off and exposed the knee, and then Johnny used the brace as a weapon for the first time. And then, but then just like that imagery of of the finish. I'm so of... glad. Go on.
1: Sorry, I yeah no, I was just gonna say that um I'm so glad that they finished. I'm I'm glad he didn't like uh, pin him. Like I I think the submission was way better.
0: Oh yeah, I, th- I agree
1: you know like especially for like what he's been through i think that would be the only way to kind of finish that match
0: yeah Um, and i think that that imagery of him literally like bending the the damaged knee and then using the brace across his face was just amazing it was like it's rare nowadays in wrestling that you see something so subtle that's so innovative but that's that's exactly what that was
1: absolutely um, yeah I again I'm really fat because I thought that Tommaso was going to win this match
0: yeah you know? I did
1: and Johnny was going to like move out to 205 live or whatever and um, yeah no I mean I think they want to keep him I think they've got a lot of plans for him in NXT I think they've realised like how over Johnny Gargano is yeah, uh, so I think they're going to take advantage of that. Um, I it'll be interesting to see what happens if Champa, um, you know, maybe he goes for the title next. Well, this
0: know. this is what I my initial thoughts before we were all said and done. My prediction going into this was that Alistair Black wins the title, mm. Champa beats Gargano, and then. Yep. Dickhead Hill Champa goes after Black for the title mm. but now because of the way that Champa lost it'll be interesting to see where they kind of go from here whether they put Johnny back in the the title picture just in the, in the interim to build an an initial feud for Black leading up to something in later down the future I yeah. don't know but I don't know whether it's worth putting Johnny back in that situation again after everything with Almus or not. But then again, like where, where do you put Johnny Gargano? Does he go? Because there were, I'm not sure if you saw, but there was a a tease from that um, Daniel Bryan had said that he wants Johnny on SmackDown, sort of thing. So, oh right, okay. It'd be interesting to see what happens in in the coming week after after Mania. To be honest.
1: Yeah, I think my predictions for like. Uh, so, the Raw after WrestleMania. Um, call-ups, I think, are going to be like uh, AOP, definitely.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Ember Moon, um, Almus. Um, and then, yeah, I, hmm. Maybe some others. Maybe Champa. I don't know. But um, it will be really interesting to see. Because it feels like there's a lot of people in NXT now. Yeah. Like, so. How many of them move up? How many of them stay there? It'll be
0: interesting to see. I think I think we might see Sanity moving up because. Oh really. I just feel like they've kind of done their, their time, uh, in NXT.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, they've been there for a, a bit now. As well. yeah. Also, out of curiosity, what's happened to uh, Billy Kay and uh, what's the face? Peyton Royce. Payne Royce, I, I, I haven't seen them in
0: ages I think one of them's injured because, oh, they? yeah, they haven't been on TV for a while there was a, a little thing that they, like a little YouTube thing that they did that um, it was like a top 10 things which are iconic sort of thing, and that was like the first thing they've done in a while so I think right. I think one of them was injured so they've, they're have they just sort of on, on the men's now yeah,
1: I think they should move up as well, I think they either yeah I think they should move up to the main roster
0: yeah maybe because they've kind of as you say I think people might have not forgotten them but they've they've been away long enough that it would make sense for them to go up onto the main roster
1: yeah definitely um yeah I yeah I thought um you know the I feel like this whole pay-per-view
0: was mostly about one match yeah I think Although, obviously,
1: there was some highlights in uh, some of the matches. I feel like it was all leading up to the main
0: event, really. Oh, yeah. I, t- I totally agree. But I think that's kind of what, what TakeOvers are built around, to be honest. Yeah. But, um, was, yeah, that was NXT TakeOver New Orleans. Um, as was it? I... O- oh. Sorry, what were you going to say? Hello? Hello. <laughs> no,
1: sorry. I think... We're we're kind of uh, lagging a little bit, so like when I say something, it's for some reason it's over what you're saying. Oh, okay. Uh, I was just saying, I was just saying, like it felt really quick. I was like, that was it. Like, <laughs> it was only like how many matches? Four matches or something?
0: Uh, five. Five, yeah. But um, uh, as always, I like to finish on sort of your personal highlight of of the event. Um, for me, the one, one spot that I absolutely loved. Uh, which was in my my least favourite match, to be honest, uh, in a tag match where Carlo O'Reilly got German suplexed by one of the members of AOP, uh, kind of stood up, screamed as if he was about to fight back and then just proceeded to fall out of the ring. It absolutely loved it. Um, so, yeah, that, that was my, my highlight. What about yours, Maz?
1: Um, I think my highlight uh, for me, that what made me giggle a little bit, was... Um, when Strong uh, turns on Dunn and he takes the uh, band off of uh, Adam Cole, and Cole's face is priceless. Yeah, Kylo Riley look at each other like, "Oh my god, look at what we've done!" Uh, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. I thought that was really funny, and uh, yeah, again, like I say, like it was just a really great heel turn. Uh, so yeah, yeah, pretty good ups and downs, but I thought overall it was um you know it's hard to not like takeovers like yeah. they normally deliver pretty well so
0: yeah i thought it was pretty good perfect well maz thank you for for joining me and we've got it all again tonight for wrestlemania
1: yeah 7 hours of uh fun there's
0: Should four there's I'm 14 really matches excited. 14
1: sorry 14
0: yeah <laughs> uh, I am
1: actually genuinely excited for... WrestleMania. Like, this is the thing, I think... Like, for me, I haven't been watching it for a while. But just WrestleMania time just gets me...
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. ...excited
1: for it again, you know? Um, yeah, like, I even watched, like, the Hall of Fame red
0: carpet. Oh, really? On YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I was just looking at all their gaudy suits and stuff. It
1: was amazing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, yeah, got WrestleMania... Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty stoked on it.
0: Perfect. Well, Maz. Thank you again for for joining me, and I'm no doubt I'll speak to you again soon.
1: All right, mate. Thanks again.
0: Take easy. Bye. Uh, bye. So there we have it, folks. That was NXT TakeOver New Orleans. Three new champions and redemption for Johnny Gargano. Uh, as always, NXT TakeOver always blow out of the water. Um, and this show was no different. Um, and it's, it's got me really pumped for WrestleMania, to be honest, because I have hadn't really been that excited for it this year. But, yeah, really looking forward to it now. It's going to be a long-ass night. Uh, I think it starts at something like 10 o'clock with the pre-show and goes on until maybe five in the morning over here in the uk so yeah going to be a long one um but yeah i'm going to leave this this outro short as well because we will be back uh monday is for part two of the wrestlemania coverage um so yeah for now thank you again for stopping by the Justin insight podcast and i'll see you soon